It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. What's up, everybody? Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni, alongside you today on a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. That's why we're not telling you what's on the show, because, well, uh, that would kind of ruin the whole point of Truth or Fiction Tuesday, right, Pat? That's right. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let you know. You can follow us on social media. I'm at The Coppins Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. Um, you can go to criticalthinking.locals.com. You can go to all sorts of wonderful places to find us. You can always download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, but we would appreciate you listening and watching our beautiful mugs every Monday through Friday on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. All right. So on this Truth or Fiction Tuesday, Pat, um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Oh, whatever you'd like. I'm going to go first on this one. So my first truth or fiction, we've created 700,000 jobs in manufacturing since the start of the Joseph Marionette Biden administration. Truth or fiction? Mm, I I think I have to go with fiction on this because how many of those 700,000 jobs were jobs that were lost due to COVID? You're not recreating jobs if they were jobs that are coming back after the pandemic. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. So that's why I'm going to say fiction. Mm, okay. So you're, you're you're suggesting to me, Pat, uh-huh. that the president of the United States of America might be fudging the numbers? Uh, of course he's fudging the numbers. He's trying to make it look as good as humanly as possible, especially with an election a week away. Hmm. 700,000 manufacturing jobs added 
during his administration so far. Mm-hmm. So wait, 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 wait. The infra- infrastructure, because that's one of the words I cannot say very well. You know, I, it's funny, Pat, because I think everybody has those words that they always get uh, stumbled up on. Say, say it with me. In. Fra. Struck. I, I, I have. Sure. Do I have something right here, Pat? Like right here? R- r- yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. It might have been like my, a- my middle finger. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I just. They're they're touting this, but then they also in a White House fact sheet from October 20th of this year. By the way, welcome to November. Welcome to my birthday month. I will accept gifts, gifts and gives and gifts every single day. Um, You can you can send them my way. Thank you, Pat. Wait wait a minute. You have my address. I I do. But well, hold on a second. Uh, You have a birthday. Why is it all of a sudden a birth month and you accept gifts every day? That doesn't make sense to me. Because it's my birth month. I am that important, Pat. Celebrate me every day this month. You have a day, not a month. It's That's why it's called birth day, not birth month. But this is my birth month. It is, this happens to be the month that you were born in, but we don't celebrate birth month. It's also not my birth week yet, Pat. In which case, the the gifts and the gives and the the gifs, um, they increase in importance and significance leading into um, my birthday. Again, I don't think you understand how this works. What am I missing? We celebrate a birthday. Day, not birth month, not birth week. Mm. We celebrate a birth day. Mm. Uh, yeah, I just. It's in the name, bro. Yeah, but in my house, it's a birth month, a birth week, and a birthday. According to whom? Talk to Mrs. Coppins. Okay, well, you know what? That is your wife's prerogative to spoil you. Some would say it's an obligation of being married, right? I mean, that's true. I mean, look at how many times Ashley makes you, I mean, Mrs. Pat makes you a a Sammy. It's almost never, bro. It's almost never. Like I said. Um, I'm starting well, back to, to Joseph Marionette Biden house. and 700,000 manufacturing jobs, right? <laughs> I, I, I just, does he, this, this goes to my theory of this being the, the Democrats slogan is gaslight for Like, like that, do, do they really, do they honestly think Americans buy that? Yes. That's the point, right? That they think you are that stupid that you're going to yes, buy this. They do. I want people to think about that, right? They think you are so dumb, for real, so dumb, for real dumb, 
that you're going to buy that. I, I, I just. Now, is it true that they might have added or they might have. There might have been 700,000 manufacturing jobs fulfilled since Joe Biden became president of the United States of America. I mean, that could that could be true. Because the tweet was about 180,000 manufacturing jobs lost prior to his getting into office. But my question then is, if we're seeing a 700,000 increase in manufacturing jobs, why are we still having supply chain issues, Pat? Why are we still having issues here, there, and everywhere in our economy? Because is there is or is not manufacturing the lifeblood of this of this economy? Uh it's it's at least a good chunk of it. Okay. So if that's the case, then again, my question wouldn't be it would be this. What the hell's going on with inflation? Because the the thought pattern here, right? If if you're thinking through this critically, right, Pat? Would be okay, so we were down 180,000, we've added 700,000. Um, so subtract that, you're up what 520,000 manufacturing jobs, right? Let's just say that that's where we're at, or or the claim being that they've added 700,000 manufacturing jobs to the economy. Okay, so we were down 180 and we are now net 700,000, yet we have issues with food production. We have issues with distribution of goods and services. We have issues all over this economy. Price of vehicles. Economics is not a one facet thing. Right, exactly. But the, the lifeblood, the driver, the, the, the thing that would help us get away from a recession, right, fast, would be able to not have to rely on others and by others, right. I mean other countries to increase our manufacturing production and, and thus getting goods to market faster, more efficient, and potentially costing less money in terms of the time to market, right? I, it, I'm not saying everywhere, but a great example of this would be look at the manufacturing of BMWs in America. Look at the manufacturing of this or that, right? Right. If we, if we've been adding to the manufacturing sector the cost of the basic goods every single day. And I'm not talking about groceries. I'm talking about things that you buy in the store, right? Paper goods, um, you know, the the toilet paper, the uh paper toweling, you know, whatever have you. Things that are manufactured here in America, distributed and sold here in America. We would be solving the issues. Quick question on this: Is this seven hundred thousand jobs, by the way, that that were supposedly created under this president? Um, how many are, are those all created here in America, or is he also counting stuff that he would have created abroad too? I'm not sure on that one, Pat. I really am not. 
I, I'm just I, I, the reason I'm asking that is because like if you're counting stuff that you're you, if you're counting stuff abroad, does that really count? Because that's not really jobs in American for Americans, right? Or or for for Americans here. Mm-hmm. That's that's something you created in either like China or wherever have you. You know, I that that's not something I would count in that report. But I'm just curious if if that's how they're counting it or not. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either, Pat. Um, now, uh, interestingly enough, here on um, income, right? Because one of the other things that Biden has said here in regards to these manufacturing jobs, income, right? This is all making the case for don't elect the GOP, right? He actually told the truth, Pat, when it came to income. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, disposable personal incomes increased by 6% in Q3. So the third quarter of this year. And that saw a similar increase the quarter before. During the same time, inflation was up just under 5%, down from 8.5% the previous quarter. But um, here's the problem. When you take a look at historical trends of, of quarters, right, we, mm-hmm. we would see Q3 be a slower quarter. Generally speaking, so you're going to see inflation jump down. That's what we've historically seen in all inflationary times is that 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 Q3, it jumps down. Q4, we're likely to see it go up again. Why? Because Q4 sees much more spending and personal, you know, stuff. Now, here's another piece that's actually good news, right? In the doom and gloom of the economy, the economy grew at 2.6% last quarter. That's true. Real GDP, right? According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, went up 2.6% in the third quarter. Now, we did export more and we consumed more. We spent more money as consumers and we exported more from this country. So I bring you those numbers to also take a look at the manufacturing numbers, right? How do you export more? You have an increase in your manufacturing, right? Your production right. of goods, your ability to sell them abroad increases. Again, we're we're here to critically think. I cannot buy the 700,000 as a real number. I'm going to guess that we're about even to where we were pre-pandemic. That is my best guesstimate. I you know, I have yet to find the numbers that um, that really back this up. But when I look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Pat, right, the country did lose 182,000 manufacturing jobs under Donald Trump. We know that. That is the Bureau of Labor Statistics number. Again, we understand that that's also attributable to what? COVID. A lot of it. Okay. But it is, as as the fact checkers at News Nation point out, it is important to note that many of those got lost during the pandemic, right? Under Biden, the, did, the country did add slightly under 700,000 manufacturing jobs, including over a quarter million this year alone. So they are adding from the loss, right? We're, we're at a net positive. 
But my question would be pre-pandemic, what was the number? How many manufacturing jobs did we have in the United States of America pre-pandemic? How many jobs? In, and more importantly, what would, would, would have been the projection of those jobs into 2022 had the pandemic not been here? Because that's the calculation that matters in this, in this number. They note that this number is somewhat true. The, the truthful part of this is the 182,000. The untrue part is that this is some sort of magical panacea. So, I mean, we also have to take a look at his unemployment claim, right? Unemployment is half of what it was under uh, when he took office at 6.4%, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a real number. That's an actual number. It's the lowest number in 50 years. Also true. But what Biden won't tell you and what the Biden administration won't tell you and what the mainstream media won't tell you is that under the previous president in his four years, how many times, Pat, do you think the unemployment rate hit 3.5%? Just take a wild guess. What's, I'm sorry, repeat the question. What about 3.5%? How many times do you think under Trump that the unemployment rate got to three and a half percent? Just take a wild guess. Once, if not twice. Three times a lady. Mm-hmm. That's right. So congratulations to Joe Biden. Your unemployment rate is at or the unemployment rate, not your because you have literally nothing to do with it. The unemployment rate in this country is at three and a half percent right now. I can make an argument that six months from now, if we can con- if we can continue this trend in the low, in the high threes, 3.9 to 3.5, okay? If we can continue that trend, if we're below 4% on that unemployment number and we're seeing the economy grow by 2.5%, 3%, right? We're going to see inflation reduce quite quickly. But it had nothing to do with anything that Joe Biden did. Nothing. It had everything to do with the fact that the Fed has raised interest rates and done so at a very rapid pace, thus killing off what? The absolute flooding of the market in terms of pure dollars. You know, they haven't cooled that. Government spending hasn't been cooled. The only thing that's been working is the fact that the, the Federal Reserve has put a stop gap measure in place. Now, if they were to lower interest rates, let's say by three quarters of a point, watch what would happen to the inflation number uh, the next quarter if they did that bad. We're we're still at a very delicate balance. Here's the good news. We're seeing positive things in the economy. The problem is that Government has become a problem, not a problem solver. And Joe Biden doesn't understand that. The Democratic Party doesn't understand that. Large swaths of the GOP don't understand that. I doubt that government's going to get out of the way because if government were to get out of the way, that two and a half or that two two point six um, economic growth number, right? That real GDP growth number. That should be in the 4 or 5% range if you're having a robust recovery because over the course of 
four quarters at two and a half percent, you're at what four or five percent, so ten percent growth in a year. That is average. That is not that's not great, grand, wonderful. You need to be three, four percent every quarter to get to positive growth to lessen the impact of inflation on the broader economy. I, it amazes me because there are good things that Biden could make a case about. The problem is that the average American is not buying what they're selling, right? Is 3.5% unemployment something that you should celebrate? Yes, that's a positive yes. for the economy. Is finding real GDP growth a good thing for the economy? Yes. Yes. Is increasing our manufacturing uh, labor pool a positive? Yes. Yes. Why are you not making that case? Instead, I do you see them? Do you see them? Other than on the stump, right? Other than the giving that stump speech, do you see them messaging this on any ad? Do you nope. see anybody running on Joe Biden? No. Nope. Do you see anybody running on, hey, guys, things things were bad, and but they're getting better? Nope. Nope. There is a positive story to tell, and this is good news for America. But the problem is, not, not for the Democrats and not for the Republicans, the problem is that general c consumer sentiment is probably lagging by three to four months. This is the message you should be sending to end the campaign, Pat. This should be every single candidate for federal office should be making this case. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, America, things are about to get better. Here's how we're going to increase, increase that recovery. Do you see the Republicans or the Democrats making that case? No. no, both sides are no. doom and gloom. The Democrats are focused on abortion, abortion, abortion as their closing argument. Oh, and don't forget um, right-wing extremist violence. That too, yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm critically thinking through this, Pat, right? There are three sets of amazing numbers out there in the economy. Why are you uh, not... Yeah. hammering, and I mean hammering that over the course of, this news came out on the 20th of October, by the way, right? So why not use this information to tell the story to the American people? The American people might so, or might not buy it, right? I'm not buying mm -hmm. that the 700,000 number is real. Uh, what I am buying is that, yeah, sure, you can, this is the statistical situation right like i can tell you that yeah i can add up every single manufacturing job that's been created or every job that's been fulfilled right somebody has fulfilled a manufacturing job okay but are we just cycling through these manufacturing jobs and we really haven't had a net positive or have we actually created brand new manufacturing jobs this is what we don't know and this is this is the problem that i have with this argument overall but on its face, adding manufacturing jobs, adding, um, you know, increasing our GDP and 
lowering the unemployment rate at a steady level and keeping it steady. Because if it was under three and a half, we we actually have a reverse problem, right, Pat? Right. We have a we have a problem that would create inflation. Three and a half is a healthy number. If it was under three and a half, we're talking about um, problems with wage growth, right? Right. And we're, we're and that's also the only other part of the economy that's still driving inflation, right? Because we see that consumers the 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 wages have outpaced inflation, and you kind of want them to be close. And we're talking about a three to four percent difference right now. That not good, because that does also alongside government spending become an inflationary problem because you are doing what? Again, we saw increases in consumer spending. We saw this other increase. When you talk about the broader economy, how do you stifle inflation? You have to cut off wage growth. Okay. And, and you have to cut government spending or the alternative vis-a-vis the federal reserve, which is what they are doing right now, Pat, is continuing to increase the interest rates to stifle investment and thus suffocate the money supply in this country. But the American people aren't going to think of that, how that all mixes together. The American people would be able to understand this case. This is why I think this is the most incompetent administration of all time. This is why I think this is the dumbest campaign of all time. These numbers should be being screamed from the high heavens if you're a Democrat. Whether the American people buy that or not, that, that's been up to you to sell them a positive message. Instead, the American people, by and large, have felt like you have gaslit them this entire time. So you can't, you can't use these good numbers and this good news to be good news. Now, on the flip side, if I were to give advice to the, the Republican Party, I would use these numbers, uh, but then let them know that this could have been a much more robust recovery had blah, blah, blah happened. And here is how we are going to make that happen for you when we get into office. That's how you that's how you take this positive and make it a negative and positive, a negative on your opponent and a positive for you. Right. Hey, great. We have a foundation to build upon. Let us build that foundation. And let us build that house for you, if you will. Politics 101. What 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 issue can we make our our opponent look bad in and make us look good in? In the same tune. It can be the exact same issue. Now, with that having been said, Pat, your first truth or fiction here. Well, I'm going to stay in the same kind of vein that that uh, you started with here. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth or fiction, uh, the number one issue for Americans in this election, with the election coming up in, in a week away, a week from today, the number one issue is going to be their pocketbooks. Um, truth, 1,000%. Okay. Why? Because that's always the case. How did Reagan win in 1980, right? We are in the midst of the worst recession that most people have ever remembered since the Great Depression. Um, you know, gas rationing, the, the lines for gas, and da-da-da-da-da, right? How did, mm-hmm. how did Reagan become the president? 
He spoke to the pocketbook. People knew that something wasn't right and that there needed to be a change in leadership, right? Now, I would ask this of you, considering the the information that we just had, right? Mm. We have real GDP growth. We have low unemployment. We have manufacturing jobs as a likely net positive, okay? That all having been said, has that hit the American people in the pocketbook yet? No. And do the American people buy the the vision the Democrats have sold, right, with the Infrastructure Act, with the um, Inflation Reduction Act, with Green New Deal, with all of the spending, all of those things? Are they buying that? No. When the It's not just the pocketbook, though. I think that is the number one issue, but I think there's a 1A and a 1B here, Pat. And the 1B is the culture. People are watching government. People are watching companies. People are watching this country and going, what the hell is going on from crime? And it's not necessarily the abundance of it. It is the insane nature of it, right? Watching people be thrown, like launched onto subway train platforms, right? Um, the insane murders, Paul Pelosi being attacked in his underwear with a hammer from somebody who was going to kneecap Nancy Pelosi, if you believe the the reports that have come out, right? And we talked about, we have no idea what the hell the truth of the matter is in this. Again, could it be police incompetence in their reporting on this issue? Yes, and I would suggest if that's the case, none of them should have jobs, but that's neither here nor there. I would say people are looking – so when you take a look at what we're seeing, right, we're seeing a depression of the overall um, black vote in America according to early voting numbers, right? But we're also seeing an increase in that depressed uh, black vote for Republicans. Hispanics are largely voting Republican for the first time on a broad scale. Like overall, the Hispanic population is voting Republican for the first time. Why? The culture. That's why. So, so I, I, I want to. I, I don't disagree with you. By the way, I, I, I would also go with this being truth as well. But I want to. I want to throw a wrench in this, just, just for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. For the sake of argument, if we go back to 2020, mm-hmm. if Americans are truly voting by their pocketbook, and that is that is the number one issue. And and argumentably always has been why did donald trump then lose the 2020 election knowing knowing that joe biden would be worse on the pocketbook than donald trump ever was but did they you have to remember we were in the throes of covid right we were in the throes of the media telling you that what donald trump was going to tell you right they they the great lie bleach right you know he's donald trump said use bleach and no, he never did that, right? So 2020 being a very unique election, here's the reason, Pat. People just didn't like Donald Trump. It's just that simple. It was a personality election, right? So, so yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying is, is that that we can say but that the economy— Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's not on the ballot here, okay? Right. As much as, as much as we could talk about the performance of Joe Biden being 
part and parcel of this. The reality of, of every midterm election is, over the last two years, has the party that we gave control done things that have made it a positive improvement or a negative? Overall, I would suggest it's a, it's been a negative. Okay, I mean that, that's fair enough. I, I, I we're, we're comparing apples and oranges in terms of elections. If you were to talk about 2018 versus mm-hmm. versus this election, th- that would be a apples to apples comparison for me. Okay, well, I I have some statistics here for you from uh, Bankrate, I believe. Okay. Um, so Republicans have significant project a significant projected lead over Democrats with respect to the economy issues economic issues as voters are expected to be driven to the polls by soaring inflation supply chain bottlenecks expensive residential real estate and dwindling retirement stockpiles while 43 percent of respondents of bank rate survey reported that their finances are worse than two years ago and only 18 percent say that better than and most of the individuals in the former category say democrats are responsible um, with that said, among those reported worst finances, 69% at least a moderate amount of blame on Biden, while 71% placed blame on Democrats in Congress. A smaller but still salient 54% blame Republicans in Congress, although 93% of Republicans with lower financial prospects said Biden is to blame, 30% to Democrats agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you've got twenty six percent believe that they were were better off than the, over the the next two years. Thirty two percent think they will be worse off, and forty two percent envision they will be about the same. Mm-hmm. Now the other part of this, Pat, is John Fetterman, Mark Kelly, um, you know, and then you look at vulnerable, potentially vulnerable places like Wisconsin, right? You you ran mm-hmm. Mandela Barnes, Mister. Mr. Defund the police. You know what I mean? Like you ran the worst slate of candidates I have ever seen. And you had the worst message I have ever seen ever. Uh, Whether that's on the democratic governor level, whether that's on the local level, whether that's on the national level, right? It's the worst campaign I have ever seen ever. It's like, they just threw their hands up in the air and said, shit, this economy is bad. Um, The American people don't believe us. We might as well just just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And none of it is stuck. And, and to be fair, uh, just just going back to the 2020 election really quick. To be fair, it would be it would be inaccurate to say that you can compare the 2022 midterms to the 2020 election with 2020 being as unique as it was. I would just make this case. You can't compare any presidential election cycle to a midterm. To a midterm. You, you just can't. They're, they're two different animals because you're, you're, you're throwing in actual personal, you know, messaging, personal um, sure. personality versus results. And Fair this has always been the case, right, Pat? If you, mm-hmm. if you've been in the political game and, and, or in the commentary game for long enough, you know, this about a midterm election, mm-hmm. you're going to win or lose if you are the the person that makes it about either the president or the party, right? So, for instance, what I mean by that, right, is that the Democrats have attempted to make a run on 
Well, really, it's a case against uh, uh, Donald Trump again, right? It's a it's they're make they're attempting to make this about Donald Trump and Supreme Court, right? Donald Trump and abortion. That's basically what they're campaigning upon. Meanwhile, the case is being made that the Democrats have taken us too far, way too far, economically, socially, all of those things, right? Who wins? Well, guess guess what's coming, right? Right. The, the Democrats have failed to make the case that this is about the predecessor, right? Because this is always the case in a, in a midterm election. It's either about the president or about the party. Guess who's winning? It's the one that's making yeah. it about the party. Not the one that's making it about the former president. That's always the case in that first term, midterm election. In the second term, if somebody were to get there, right? Because look at Barack Obama's second term. It now becomes about the incumbent president versus the party. And look what happened in that election, right? In uh, in 2010. Massive, right? Massive Tea Party election. Massive swing. So we'll see what happens here. Um, but... Yeah, I think that's interesting. Before we get into our second truth or fictions, though, Pat, I think it's time for us to play the B or not the B for some more of Dominic Gizzo's money. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Today's headline. Doctor removes 23 contact lenses from one woman's eye. Doctor removes 23 contact lenses from one woman's eye. And while you what? are thinking about that, folks, if you are considering making a move to or from Chicago or Illinois more generally, um, well, if you're doing that, um, good on you for moving out and bad on you for moving in. But if you have a necessity to move in or out of the state, I would be happy to assist you. That's right. Licensed realtor here in the state of Illinois. So uh, please hit me up at closewithcoppins.com. You can find me on uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, DM me, all that wonderful goodness. Let me know what you're looking for, what you might be wanting to do. I would be happy to assist you. Again, closewithcoppins.com. All right. With that out of the way, Pat, doctor removes 23 contact lenses from one woman's eye. Is that the bee or not the bee? That is my question to you. See, that's crazy enough to be the Babylon Bee, but it's also crazy enough to be real. I'm going with not the bee. Good instinct, because this is not the bee. That's right. A doctor removed 23 contact lenses from one woman's eye. Anyone who what wears contact you know? lenses is probably as horrified as I am. Now, uh, Pat, I'm assuming, do you wear contacts? No, I don't. Okay. So I used to wear contacts, but... Um, when I played sports in through most of high school, but my eyes are really sensitive to light. And what do contact lenses do? They increase your light sensitivity by like 10%. And it's like, whole, holy crap, most of the time. So, um, so I don't wear them anymore. Um, but um, as somebody who formerly wore them, what the absolute hell? How the hell does this happen? That's why I want to know. Well, the article tells us that a California eye doctor had an elderly patient come in complaining about blurry vision. No shit. <clears throat> well, I guess that that will happen to you when you have 23 old contact lenses in your eyeballs. You see, Dr. Katerina Kurtiva, a Newport Beach ophthalmologist, 
said she had never encountered anything like this. She removed 23 contact lenses from this woman's eye and didn't even see it coming. <laughs> see what they did there? <laughs> Quote, I was amazed when I removed the first two contacts and saw an additional dark blob hidden in the corner, ophthalmologist at Dr. Katerina Kurteva told Fox News. After, remo after removing the first two contacts and noticing something else might be in there, she grabbed her technician, told her to start filming. This was going to be good. <clears throat> I had no idea what was coming at me, the doctor said. I've been in practice for 19 years, and this is the first time I've encountered a case like this. Dr. Kuteva, uh, Kurtiva told ABC that her patient had no idea how this happened. She still is baffled by it all. Uh, as a former contact lens wearer, I know how this happens. You just put a new contact on top of the old contact. Because you're a moron. Also, probably a good sign that um, if you're elderly, that you you shouldn't be wearing contacts, number one. And uh, you might have some cognitive issues, number two. Yeah, you think? I, I mean, I just, how do you? So imagine that, Pat, right? You if you don't remove your contact lenses, they just kind of stay in your eye. Like, like they don't go away. Yeah. They don't just disintegrate. Right. right. You have to. My, I mean, my, my dad still wears contacts to this day. So, I mean, it, it, every time he ever like was like done for the day and was going to bed at night, he'd remove his contacts, put them back in the next day. You know, it just, how do you, how, just how, how are you this dumb? Yeah. There has to be a cognitive issue there somewhere. Yeah. This as the doctor pointed out. I would expect Joe Biden to do. Yeah. As the doctor pointed out, the pocket of the upper lid becomes really deep. So in that case, all of these contact lenses were able to hide like a stack of pancakes really far deep inside in the least sensitive part of the eye. That's how she never noticed this. Now, there's a reason, Pat, if you wear contacts as well, that the doctor tells you do not nap with them on. Because when you close your right. eyes, what happens? It, they suck into the deep upper recesses. So that is also a possibility that this person just continued to not realize that. But I, mean, I, I just, as somebody who has worn contacts, I don't know how the hell this happens when at any, any way, shape, or form. This is insane, all the way insane. With that, Pat, um, why don't you give me your second truth or fiction here? Sure. All right. So uh, truth or fiction, I'm actually, I'm really curious to see what you'd say about this one. Truth or fiction Ron DeSantis hitting the campaign trail for Lee Zeldin will put Lee Zeldin over the edge against Kathy Hochul. Fiction? And here's why. Because I already think Lee Zeldin is, it was on the ascent. I, I already think he was going to win. So Ron DeSantis didn't put him over the edge. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yes, I see where you're going with I, it. I think it speaks significantly to the possibility of Lee Zeldin becoming just the second Republican in my lifetime to hold that governorship. Um, but it also speaks volumes, Pat. Think of this, right? Ron DeSantis, correct me if I'm wrong, is running his own campaign for governor in Florida. Right. Yes, he is. Also, could this could this or could this not be a helpful ploy to remind those um, Republican New Yorkers to 
get the hell out and move to Florida. If if Lee Zeldin loses. Possibly. See, this is a really smart move by Ron DeSantis. Number one, it does help. I'm not saying it doesn't help Lee Zeldin. My, you asked me if it put him over the edge. I already think he's over the edge. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, and then, so that's number one. Okay. Number two, this speaks volumes of his cachet nationally already. So if I'm Donald Trump, uh-oh. When it comes to 2024. Especially, by the way, especially in New York. If Lee Zeldin can win in New York and I'm Donald Trump, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Because all that does I mean, is it's put certainly- another, another, um, another bullet in the, the belt for Ron DeSantis, right? <clears throat> it does. That being I, I said. Personally, I don't see how. Ron DeSantis is not your nominee in 2024. He comes with all the good of Donald Trump without the bad. He he is and, and he and even rhetorically speaking, policy wise mm. and rhetorically speaking, right? He he right. literally he speaks like Donald Trump. He is just not an ass, right? He doesn't also have he all the personal receipts. baggage. Also true, at least at least that we know of, right? You don't think the Dems would have come out with that by now, Pat? Oh, that's true. That's true. You don't that's think Charlie Crist, Mr. Gaslighter-in-Chief? You're, you're right. Unless unless this campaign is just that dumb. But yeah, you're right. So with that being said, Pat, um, do you agree with my analysis there? Or do you have I, anything to add? I, I, I agree with your analysis and that this is fiction. I had a slightly different take, though, in terms of... If if Lee Zeldin is truly over the edge, and the reason why I'm saying it that way is because I really don't trust polling as far as I can throw it. Uh, the only real polling I truly trust in the day is the election results, mm-hmm. right? Because polling can be wrong. Case in point, 2016, okay? Um, <clears throat> so... That that being said, if if Lee Zeldin is going to beat Kathy Hochul in New York, it's going to come down, I think, really to two, maybe three things. One, Kathy Hochul's response to COVID in the state of New York after taking over for Andrew Cuomo, mm-hmm. right? And three, who has the better grassroots campaign? I think I think with, with Lee, if Lee Zeldin is going to win, he probably has done much better on a grassroots side of campaigning and getting out the vote. Because a lot of times midterms have to do with one thing and one thing only, and that is voter turnout. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a lot more people are going to turn out more. If, if Lee Zeldin is going to win, that means more people are going to turn out for him than they are going to be for Kathy Oakle. No sure. one's excited about sure. Kathy Oakle. Well, then you also have to look at the fact, okay, yeah, you're right. You don't trust most of the polling. I get that. And and that's right. Okay, so most of the polling, real clear politics, has it about a 3.5% lead for, for Kathy Hochul, right? Right. We also know what? They likely have overestimated the Democratic response by about 35 three to 4%. Right. So, so even, if, even if you're just saying, I don't trust them, and, and I know that I need to adjust by about 3.5%, that's within that margin. Now, Trafalgar Group, who has been the most accurate polar anywhere in the last five or four election cycles, Pat, he, they have Lee Zeldin up by almost a percent. 
Uh, that is as of uh, the end of October here. So I mean that that's going to be it's that 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 race is going to be close. Sure, but the fact that Lee Zeldin's within that margin of error alone speaks volumes of how it horrific does. It does. all this is. But that notwithstanding, Pat, I have another truth or fiction here for you. Okay. Speaking of Kathy Hochul, mm-hmm. the worry about crime is just a conspiracy, and crime really isn't that bad. Truth or fiction? How many how many stories on subway attacks have we seen in the last give or take month? Don't know. Um, I mean, it's been it's been a few. I, it's at least a few. So it is very no. certainly, Pat, in a very interesting campaign strategy. It's just a conspiracy. Your feelings are a conspiracy. I mean, that's like it's kind of I liken it to Gretchen Witchmer and her coven, um, saying that uh, they only closed down schools for three months and it really wasn't that bad in terms of lockdowns in Michigan. It's kind of the same principle here with crime and Kathy Hochul and her coven. So. So no, no. This is that's crap. Absolute crap. Yeah, I mean, remember New York, according to the Daily Wire, right? New York Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul dismissed criticism of bail reform in that in that debate with uh, Lee Zeldin, right? Saying that uh, Zeldin, quote, I don't know why it's so important to you, um, and that the GOP had created a conspiracy to make Americans feel. They are less safe. This is what she said to Al Sharpton on MSNBC, Pat. Quote, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America, trying to convince people in Democratic states that they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15%, even in New York City, down 20% on Long Island, where Lee Zeldin comes from. And it's the Republican states where they have almost no restrictions on guns because of the abundance of guns. People are killing each other with more frequency. The safer places are the Democratic states. Murders were down by 14% in New York City compared with last year, but all other major city crime or but all other major crimes were up. Uh, excuse me. This is according to the New York Post, by the way. This next section: mm-hmm. murders down by 14% in New York City compared with last year. But all other major crimes were up, including a 33% rise in robberies, police statistics show. Those statistics also showed an 11% increase in rape, 14% increase in felonious assault, a 29% increase in burglary, and a nearly 39% increase in grand larceny. And the argument that is being made by the Democrats is all of those people, right? The, The rapists, the the people committing assault, burglary, um, all of those things are just nonviolent crimes, right? And we, we're we going to reform bail so that those individuals are out. It's happening here in Chicago, Pat. I feel this every single day. And one of the things that I'm doing is retooling the uh, YouTube page for my, um, for my real estate business. And I'm, I want to show people what the city of Chicago is like. Right. I want to show the neighborhoods, the diversity, the fun things that exist here, because, yes, by and large, this is a really cool city to live in. It is. Now, do I like the politics? No. Do I care for the crime and some of the things that are happening? No. 
But as I consider doing this, I also have to consider my own personal safety. That should never be the case, right? In broad daylight, I should never have to worry about going down the street, filming myself talking about this wonderful city. Should never, right? Well, that's not the reality. The reality is that that might as well put a big old bullseye, axe marks the spot to go ahead and attempt to rob me, right? So when I go do these things, I have to actually bring other people with me. That costs money, right? People are not doing that for free. Nope. It's stupid, but that's the reality of the situation. Um, so when we talk about cashless bail, when we talk about the feelings of unsafety or, or not being safe, right? Uh, the feelings of unsafe. Um, it's cashless bail. It's the results in places like here in Chicago, where last year or this year alone, last year was 52. This year we're in the forties already. We still got two more months to go of the number of people who were out on bail, cashless bail, right? Who didn't receive cash bail. were on electronic monitoring, whatever have you and committed violent crime while on that bond. People see it. People feel it. We, we just had, I think, a string of seven or eight assaults um, in one of the biggest, youngest bar areas in Chicago, um, not too far from here, uh, where I live. They had seven or eight of them in broad daylight. When those things start happening, people take notice, Right. Yeah, you may be able to overall say some of these statistics are true. But again, you can make stats say anything. Right? For instance, uh, in the housing market right now, nationally, we're down 32% according to Zillow in terms of of um the number of people kind of looking at homes, right? But right. actually we're down 50%, not 32% because we're down from the high, right? Right. So you have to take into count the descent into the negative and that descent into the negative is another 20%. That's a problem. That means you have to work 50% harder and 50% more people going forward to be able to sustain where you were in the previous year as a realtor. That's the reality. But here in Chicago, I can also tell you that we don't have a housing crisis going on. Why? Because <laughs> prices are still appreciating overall. Why? Because we only have 2.7 months of supply, right? That That is not a buyer's market. That is not a housing bubble come crashing down type of a situation. It's just not. We, we actually just set a record for the lowest months of supply on record last month. So which of these numbers do I believe, right? Which of these stats right. tell me what, right? Oh, and have we fixed the 6 million housing starts that we still are, were behind entering the pandemic? Nope. That's only gotten deeper. Why? Because people are unwilling to buy new houses, new, new. People are not willing to build at the levels. Builders 
are seeing their their cost increase and they can't pass that cost increase onto the consumer because the consumers today are unwilling to pay that price premium for a new house, right? That would come with the fact that everything from concrete to uh, to lumber have been dramatically increased in, in terms of the, the cost. A builder should be able to take that cost and do what with the home price? Build it in. That's what's not happening. So you're you're disincentivizing development. You're disincentivizing new home starts. You're disincentivizing all of this stuff, all the fundamentals. All of the fundamentals of the crime stats also tell us there's a problem. When people are being assaulted, when they're being robbed, when they're being, you know, burglarized, when they're being, you know, all of those things. They feel that. Yeah, murders might be down. So what? <laughs> if I don't feel like I can walk down my street safely without having to pay attention with my head on a swivel. Now, I will say this. You're stupid if, if you have your headphones in and I can hear your music. You're dumb walking down the street in Chicago, New York, anywhere when you do that. You're stupid. Yep. You can't hear somebody coming. You can't know that an assault is happening. And most importantly, you're obviously not paying attention. General rule of thumb, if you're going to be walking down the street, don't wear headphones. Yeah, don't. Just, just, just a general rule of thumb. Yep. Just just take them out. It's not worth it. Now, if you're on the train, whatever, do what you want. But um, but when you're walking, don't. You, you might as well just put well, a big old X. Especially if you get like like the the new like AirPods or, or Samsung Buds or something like that, where they have noise canceling features, and you have those plugged in. Yeah, yeah you, you want to be not, able to yeah. hear your surroundings. You want to know. Oh, that's weird. I hear footsteps. That's a fight or flight response that most people can understand. But if you can't hear it, how do you know it's coming? How do you protect yourself? How do you get out of that situation? You can't if you don't know it's coming. That being said, um, Pat, any final thoughts on today's show? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Andrew's apparently confused about birthday versus birth month. Yes. Welcome to my birth month. Uh, I can't wait for my first package to be delivered from Patrick Oni today. Um, I appreciate that. Um, yes. It'll be uh, interesting to see what uh, the 30 days of gifts from uh, Pat are. Um, uh, I can tell you day one is just going to be a pink hammer. <laughs> Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547.